0: And welcome to Running Down Corridors. I'm Martin and I'm joined by Abby. Hello. And our good friend, Chris. Hello. Chris, Chris, Chris. How are you doing, mate?
1: Oh, I'm not too bad. Uh, Plodding with a six-week-old baby and uh, one who sh- who's nearly three. <laughs> it's It's been tough. It's been tough.
0: Yeah, I remember it well. <laughs> that age gap is kind of like the same between my kids. 'Cause Aidan was three and a half when Tegan was born.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's actually the same between me and my brother. Um but my mum can't remember any of it, apparently. I, I so, <laughs> she's, so she's, she's not
2: just taking their memories yeah, away. <laughs> yeah, she's wiped her
1: own memory of it. So she's not been very helpful in uh, giving me advice and things and sort of but what I do know is it's it's okay to hate your children for a bit um
2: <laughs> <Mood>. <laughs> oh,
1: we all go through yeah that. yeah <laughs> uh, I, I think i think they're adorable they're beautiful beautiful boys but christ there are times where you just just want to send them packing <laughs> <laughs> and abby how are you
2: i'm good i'm good just been busy writing and editing for tt yeah Maybe. i think it's you've so got I loads do. of things you've got a new
1: <laughs> doctor um, another thing, yeah.
2: yeah. We we never stop to be fair. The, the the wheel is always turning. Bloody hell. We're currently working on all of our Christmas stuff, so
1: Jesus. <laughs> you know. Well I would say you're keen, but uh I think Tesco's has beaten you to it. I've I've already seen mince pies. <laughs> um
0: <laughs> We just got a brand new trailer for the anniversary specials. I'll come to you first, Abby. Have you seen it and what did you think?
2: I have seen it. And wow, I'm excited for who again. Like, no offense to the past current, like the past previous seasons, but this is, you can tell Russell's back. He knows how to, he knows how to like play an audience.
1: It's superb marketing, yeah.
2: Yeah. As soon as Neil Patrick Harris said that line, I was just like, well, that's confirmed. And then, like, 20 minutes later, all over Twitter, I was like, confirmed, you know? Oh, and I screamed when Kate appeared on the screen because you know lesbian at heart over here <laughs> <laughs> so by law, I have to get excited whenever Kate Lethbridge Stewart appears, so um yeah, as soon as she showed up, I was screaming, and yeah, and then everybody's obviously worried about donna there's there's a lot there's a lot to unravel in that trailer, but you can definitely tell that Russell is back, you know.
1: It does feel like they've picked up where they've kind of left off, doesn't it? It's uh, mm. but with the today's budget and so on. Uh I now I was really blown away by the trailer. I think I've watched it a good number of times now. Just so excited for uh for Neil Patrick Harris as as has now been confirmed and as we've all suspected from the beginning, <laughs> he is the the toy maker, the celestial toy maker returns. Can't wait. It looks like he's having fun in it as well. Um Yeah. <laughs> Imagine pitching that, though, saying, so, you know, the guy who used to play Alfred in the Batman films, but you, you're basically <laughs> playing his character nearly 60 years on. <laughs> I'd like to know if he's that much, if he knows much of it. I think he only did it because of Russell T. Davis being Russell T. Davis and being, I think they did. It's a sin, didn't they?
0: Yeah, they worked together on yeah. that.
1: But I think that's going to open that. That's, that's going to open a. Uh, it's a good bit of marketing and a good thing to pull people in to have Neil Patrick Harris in as not only just a creepy, cool, playful character, but also now you've brought the nerds back because they're like, you've brought back the Toymaker. That's <laughs> oh, genius, genius. I think it's, I think it's a brilliant move, like to for the 60th, really, to because the only criticism is that it's just well, of most things lately. Star Wars in particular as well. i found that with Star Wars, uh, even Star Trek is there's a reliance now on nostalgia um, producing yeah. things for nostalgia effects um, because that's all well, that's all Soaker is. It's just <laughs> and other things. Um, but I but at the same time, I think Russell Davis is geniusly just using that to pull back the people who were weekly viewers who were huge who did who sort of sat down. and how old must they be now if uh if it, you know people in their 20s are now being there how long ago was david Tennant? was it about 17 years
0: well i was 22 23 when doctor who came back in yeah. uh 2005
1: and i'm now 41 yeah. so you've got and they've probably got their own families and things as well and now they're going to go Oh, you've got to watch this! This is this is good. Even we're going to watch this. My mate uh, said that his uh, family are going to be um, uh, watching it, and they haven't watched since David Tennant left. You know, and they just they when they heard that David Tennant was coming back with Catherine Tate as Donna, mm. they were hooked in. So I think this is just a genius move. Bring everyone back with nostalgia, yeah, and then I'm hoping more sensibly. Although they did just cast Mel, move in a new direction. <laughs> which is the problem which is a thing I just I just hope unlike last time they did the anniversary the 50th Doctor who really took ages to try and shake away any nostalgic nostalgia or sort of throwbacks it felt like it was still in that anniversary celebration
2: see I'm hoping with the mel thing because obviously in the in Jodie's regeneration episode we had Tegan and Ace yeah. so I'm hoping them showing Mel is this whole theory of this unit spin-off and this is just their way of bridging the series in?
1: If that's the case, that's pretty good. Um, I think it's a weird choice to bring back Mel, who frankly was kind of forgettable as a companion.
2: <laughs> that's probably what they've yeah. done it. Plus plus, in all fairness, Bonnie herself, like not necessarily a who following, but Bonnie, like the West End actress Bonnie, has yeah. got a strong following, anyway, so that might entice other people into who. Very true. Very true. You know?
0: About five year stint on EastEnders.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. EastEnders that's to... very true.
2: I mean, she's a queen of the West End, absolute queen.
1: Well, I'm hoping. I'm hoping for this will be. You know, I, I'm. I'm very, very excited to see David Tennant purely for nostalgia purposes, and I think you know the celestial toy mag and all that's going to be great. The whole hell, even seeing Starbeast brought into live action is going to be good.
2: I would have loved to have seen because obviously David Tennant is a hardcore Hoover. Yes. I would have loved to have seen it when Russell was just like, We're thinking of bringing back the celestial toy maker. Yes. Like, yes. yes. Oh, that's great.
1: Yeah. yeah you know, <laughs>
2: that's a brilliant that's idea. A brilliant idea.
1: <laughs> oh, Russell, you genius.
2: You're a genius, Russell. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: no. You know, I have been contacted by people who used to watch it but have since fell off for whatever reason, they're like, yeah, I'm excited for Doctor Who
1: again. It's like a recovery group, this, isn't it?
2: Yeah, no, but it's like some of my friends, uh, Chelsea is an example because most people know who mm. she is. Um, she hasn't watched it since Dave Tennant left. And even she's turned around and gone, I might watch this. I might start watching again. So that's always a good factor, getting in. Like you said, the the, the nostalgia stuff again, it does work. It
1: does. It's... <laughs> It's a trap, really, but I'm hoping it's. A...
2: <laughs> it's a trap.
1: It's a trap. I'm, I, I just, I just <laughs> hope that it, which I'm sure it will. I'm, I'm pretty, yeah, ninety-seven percent sure that Russell's going to spawn off something completely new in a new direction. Um, once these three specials are out, uh,
2: do you not think he's going to rip all of our hearts out of our chests?
1: Though, um, I reckon there should be some, some moments. I just, I'm just very intrigued as to. Shuti why really, because I don't really – I've not seen – I can't get into sex education. I tried. I, I can't get into it. So I've not really actually seen him do anything. The only thing i see him do is topless photo shoots on Instagram.
2: <laughs> see, I've, I've watched sex education, and his range just on that show is – Fantastic because I remember when I, um, when he was first announced, me and once again Chelsea Lagan, we sat down and we watched sex education, and all she was doing was going, Doctor, no, stop, (laughs) no, doctor.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, I,
2: but no, he, he, I, I reckon he's gonna, Mm. he's gonna blow it out the park. I'm
1: really intrigued to see how they're gonna introduce him and how they're gonna explain tenants' return and everything. Yeah, I remember I was, well, I told my wife, uh, I think that guy from sex Education's going to be the new doctor. Uh, I don't know. And then I just couldn't read his name. So I was like, no <laughs> Yeah.
2: It's, it's taken yeah. a while for everybody to yeah. learn how to and, say and it. Even yeah. my wife
1: just went, Oh, he'd be good. And I sort of, it sort of, uh, picked her interest, which is, which is nice. Cause I, I think it was just, it's just, 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 uh, like all doctor who casting should be, it should be completely left field casting. I've never liked anyone's suggestion of who should play the doctor. Ever. I've I've always disagreed no. with it. I've disagreed every time they mention Helen Mirren, Miranda Hart, any of them. And uh or even I don't even want to see Hugh Grant.
2: Chris Marshall. Chris
1: Marshall. I was intrigued, I could see it, but I didn't want it. And uh and <laughs> I feel sorry for him because he's gone through the whole thing of you've basically been cast and not cast at the same time and faced mm. the media backlash toward it. <laughs>
2: I wouldn't mind, but if he is ever cast now, nobody will believe it because he's rumoured so many times. <laughs> He'll be like, nah. Yeah,
1: every time there's nah. a new Doctor, he's like, oh, they're going to wheel Chris Marshall out again.
2: Here comes Chris Marshall, <laughs> <Yeah>. everyone.
0: <laughs> I do wonder what that's like to be one of those names that's constantly wheeled out, like Patterson Joseph, yeah. Chris Marshall, Richard uh
1: Alan Davis at one point.
2: Yeah, Alan
1: Davis. Yeah, I remember Alan Davis, yeah. I mean, I do remember him from other things <laughs> i mean yeah i remember i remember when they threw his name it was him richard e grant hugh grant um which as we found out hugh grant was offered it but he turned it down i love the fact that um i think uh, it was um oh, what's his name alan cumming was uh was was offered the role and when he and he turned it down under the basis that he had to spend he said uh am i and where are we filming cardiff and how long will I be there? 10 months? No, not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you just said, I don't want to be in Cardiff all that time. <laughs> that's, that's a genius way. He doesn't regret it either. I think he lives in New York. So, yeah, going back to
0: Cardiff after that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the trailer. Uh, yeah, I think there's enough member berries in there and it's going to get us all back. Mm. Interestingly, about two months ago, my fiance asked to watch Doctor Who because she, she's never really seen it. We got together in 2017. Mm -hmm. So as I'm a fan, she watched the Jodie Whittaker era with me, but that was kind of all she's seen. So we went back and we started with Eccleston and I didn't tell her what era was what. So I didn't say that was Russell D Davis. That was Moffat. Series one to four. She was coming home every night and saying, can we watch Doctor Who? Oh, wow. Then we get to series five with Matt Smith, which obviously is the Moffat era, and she's more reluctant to watch it. We watched two episodes tonight. She, she texts me on the way home. It's like, oh, let's watch Dr. Who, but it's fewer and far between that we're watching it. And I think what Russell T. Davis has over both Moffat and Chibnall is RTD seems to have his finger on the pulse. What is popular on TV and what an audience wants. Yeah.
2: He reads Twitter. He reads Twitter like a book. He, I, I, I have images of him sat there with a notebook, being like, "Right, so they want this to happen." Well, he's
1: always <laughs> people yeah. want to see
2: the celestial toy maker back.
1: <laughs> well, I think he's always been. I've always thought this about his writing is that he knows how to write people. He, he, he can, mm. he can. When he puts his pen to the paper, or well, or ke- keyboard in this in this day and age, um, he would that character that he types you know he's always he's plot, he knows how they would be you know he kind of like how I, I i suppose i think tarantino says how he writes dialogue is he lets the character speak for him and um he knows people he, he understands how things work and it's essentially i, I suppose in a similar comparison he's kind of like what tom cruise is is the cinema in a sense sort of knowing what audiences want to see in a in a film you know and knowing what they want to see on tv they don't want to see convoluted plot lines and things unless it can be explained at some point they want to see characters they want to follow people i remember i think it was like some dramas like i think they're actually the ones that really sold to me is like take um uh, breaking bad for instance even if you're not interested and i wasn't particularly interested in anything to do with drug selling or anything like that on tv i wasn't really that fussed because that just sounds pretty boring. But you put Walter White in there, this character, and Jesse, and you follow them through the ordeals that they go through. That's what you're watching it for, and that's the same thing you did with Doctor Who. It wasn't a case of if you went and tried to introduce us a, a a norm, <laughs> a normal person to classic Doctor Who. It's very difficult for them to get suckered in um, because, I mean, try putting on the Time Monster or something. You know, I, I don't know how I was about. F- six when i saw that and i got scared and then ended up just sticking around watching it each week but this they're not easy to jump into stories unless you know the characters it's kind of like how some people can't get into soap operas after leaving it for so long um but with with doctor who he made it he made rose a now a, a full character that you wanted to follow and then oh who's this the doctor now you're following both of them and they go through all these different adventures and. It's just, it's just, he just knows people. And I think that's a really good, good thing. So I've got huge hopes for how he's going to write the new show.
0: I hope we get a bit of a shakeup as well. Like it'd be really interesting to have like a Christmas special not written by the showrunner.
1: Yeah, I so agree. J- Just imagine
0: like they get Stephen Moffat back and he writes the Christmas special. I'd like someone else
1: to write the finale. That would be interesting. That's what I've kind of liked. Like, uh, you know, it'd be nice if like the finale was written by someone else other than the showrunner, um, or the opening episode at least, um, maybe not the first episode with the, the, the launch of the season, but going forward, you know, like how Chibnall took over Torchwood in, you know, you know, it kind of, when he took over it, when it was much better than what was initially the first episode.
2: What season did he take over? Second.
1: But really, I think Martin, you said he, pretty much did the first as well didn't he yeah retroactively he was made the showrunner
0: for the first series they had already shot like two blocks when he was made showrunner
2: yeah because i've just finished meat of season two <laughs> of Torchwood. i love that one i like the one the one before oh the one with the guy who goes back in time chef kiss oh that's love beautiful that. oh such a good episode but yeah that's that's where i am in my Torchwood adventure now
0: excellent excellent Yeah, I'm positive for RTD too. I think we're going to see a new bold era. I think he's more famous now than he was when he brought Doctor Who back. Coincidentally, we are recording on the 20th anniversary of it being announced that the show was coming back. Yeah, 20 years ago today it was announced. Blimey. And it was such a big thing. I wasn't even a fan of Doctor Who then. And I remember hearing about it and being like, oh, I might actually watch because I knew it was going to be like a jumping on point. Mm. So I thought, oh, this might be where I, I get on. And what I just love is that in November 2003, Scream of the Schalke launched, and that department believed they were working on the new Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> in typical BBC fashion, neither department knew about either show.
1: <laughs> oh, that <about> right? <laughs> amazing. Imagine you're working on and thinking this is the, the best thing in doctor who since uh i don't know sliced tardis and um it just (laughs) ends up being this (laughs) jesus christ i still don't understand shalker and i i i I refuse to to like it (laughs) even (laughs) retroactively someone actually bought the dvd for me as a joke because they knew i didn't like it (laughs) and i said i'm not having that on my shelf it's just not going on and it's still here in its policy. <laughs> yeah, I've got it. I've watched it. But
0: I, I came to it after watching the reboot. I'm not really a fan of Paul Cornell as a writer. I think he's written some good stuff, but he's not my favorite. Mm. But yeah, shall we get on to Cyberwoman? Yeah, go on then. Okay, so I'll come to you, Chris. What are your memories of this episode?
1: Uh, bear in mind, I haven't really had time to watch it, so I'm going from memory. Uh, but one of the most vicious wanks I've ever had. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't, but it's uh, <laughs> no, that was a bloody weird one. That was just suddenly yeah. out of the blue. Yanto has a <laughs> as his as his his girlfriend in a cyber form which somehow is like a cyber brazier, <laughs> just like in some kind of, I don't know, tell us secret sort of thing. And um, just, it's ridiculous. I don't, I, I can't, and it's just so out of, out of the blue. I just don't understand. <laughs> I, I don't know what mentality went into go putting in it apart from having a full grown erection. And there's just there's just no other reason for it in my opinion. And Abby, how vicious was your way?
2: <laughs> well, um, as as the um the token lesbian here, um no. <laughs> I I do question this episode. I really do. I I, 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 I yeah like we all know that it was supposed to have gone in a completely different direction and it was supposed to be in a completely different place but at the end of the day she still would have looked how she did no matter what direction they went with
0: this yeah this is a frustrating one because i think there's a good episode here oh yeah yeah and originally yeah we should talk about this for anyone who doesn't know this was originally meant to be episode 10 and throughout the whole of series one, we are meant to see Yanto acting a bit suspiciously, pocketing bits of tech and going off somewhere. And we never knew where he went. And she was meant to be kept on like a secret warehouse that torture had owned, but budgetary reasons and stuff and episodes got shifted around, which meant all of Yanto's character development in that series just got stripped away. That's why he's kind of just there for series one with nothing to do. And then this got made episode four. So yeah, all of those little preludes and stuff that we would have had building up to this were just taken away. (laughs) I think it suffers from it. In the context of the Hooniverse, it means that the Cybermen were so desperate during the Battle of Canary Wharf that they were just, you know, converting bodies, but they took the time to custom make... This sexy cyberwoman outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and she's hot, don't get me wrong, she looks amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> maybe if she just had the legs, the legs and the helmet and she was just in a normal t-shirt and stuff, maybe it would have more of an impact. But yeah, the look distracts from it. And I would if they ever do target novelizations of torture, this is the one I'd be most interested in. Because yeah. I, I believe there is a good idea here.
1: It'd probably be a good audio drama, but that's because you're not looking at <laughs> some kind of cyber pinup.
0: <laughs> up <laughs> Yeah, it's, I just love that the scientist gives her a right old good perv. Like he properly gropes her up. <laughs> I guess you would, because you'd be like, right, are these on? Like, are these welded on, I
1: guess?
2: Of course. Science.
1: Make sure that science. Yeah. It's, it's, it's science it's fit this whole time but i'm just gonna check you know just... hands
0: on science oh more jesus
2: more christ yeah. well, of
0: the, they've got a tortured branded basketball hoop of course <laughs> <laughs> do you think they're printing out the stencils themselves or do you think they're sending that away for
2: it's just going in there with like some spray paint and a stencil <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably <laughs> Probably. I mean, that's taken from Firefly, another Joss Whedon thing that RTD's kind of lifted from. Mm. <laughs> so we get Gwen and Owen kissing for the first time in this episode.
2: Yeah, no, let's put that back.
1: Yeah, that's something we don't want to see. <laughs> I don't want to see Born Gorman interact with anyone <laughs> in that way. It's just, it's just, just, no. Even when he, the kiss looks threatening when he does it.
2: Yeah, he so. does have a threatening
1: presence. He does, doesn't he? he mm-hmm. Which is why most of the roles he always plays seem to be really <laughs> quite stern people, and I, I just think, oh God, kind of if...
2: get off, Gwen, get off,
1: yeah, Gwen, <laughs> dear, dear, dear. He was so good in Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's good in that. He was good.
2: I'm the only person in the world that's not watched Game of Thrones.
1: Uh, it ends badly, but.
2: uh <laughs> oh, God, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> But yeah, no, i I try to think about other things. Ben Gorman's been in, apart from Johnny English Reborn. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> he was in the Enola Holmes film. He's pretty good in that.
0: Oh, the Dark
1: Knight Rises. Oh, oh of course yeah, Holmes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, that was another thing he was in. Not Foundation. It was The Expanse. He was a uh, sort of a villain in the fourth season of The Expanse. Well, I say antagonist. Really, he was a. Uh, Pretty good in that, actually. But yeah, in talk. Hmm? What I always found kind of funny is John Barrowman was
0: born in Scotland but grew up in America. Bern Gorman was born in America but grew up in London. Yeah, I find it. Well, okay, maybe it's not. Random facts. Very
1: random facts.
0: Random facts. So, Chris, I interrupted you there. What were you going to say?
1: Don't know. <laughs> Don't know. Uh, just that uh, I didn't really want to see Bern, Bern Gorman kiss anyone.
0: It doesn't feel.
1: That bad in this
0: one because their life is in danger. So I kind of get that. I used to work in a shop, and one day we got held up at gunpoint. And the woman I was working with and I, after the police had gone and we'd handed in the CCTV and stuff, we slept together. And I think we were so relieved to be alive in that moment that it just happened. And that's what I kind of think was happening in that in that morgue slab.
1: Bloody hell! I think we need to just put Cyberwoman down. Let's talk about this uh, armed gun. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking, we're, talking, we're talking about wanking over the new 60th trailer in, in Cyberwoman, and, and you come out with bit, one of the best anecdotes I've ever heard. Yeah, it was a blockbuster video. I worked, <laughs> I worked there, and uh, these,
0: <laughs> these guys came in, and it was probably a replica gun, let's be
1: honest, but I wasn't going to give them... You didn't want to... You don't, you know, yeah. I wasn't going to test it. <laughs> yeah, I believe you've got a replica and that's how I got here, St. Peter.
2: <laughs> stupid, deaf, yeah, stupid, deaf, stupid, deaf. stupid Yeah, stupid yeah. Are you fine?
0: Oh, no. Quick. It went all kind of echoey and uh, feedbacky. Oh.
2: You're right, you're good.
0: They came in, they demanded the money out in the till, obviously, and then they said to the woman I was working with, oh, all these DVDs on the shelves, so have they got discs in them? And obviously they didn't because we used to take them out and put them behind the counter. And she went, Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they must've gone off with like all the, it was Batman begins. I remember that it was all these Batman begins discs, uh, just cases of DVDs. They must've <laughs> had a like hundred blank DVDs in their
1: backpacks. Could imagine if they stuck really through to there trying to rob you and you have to like go and get these sleeve out the back, <laughs> you know, you. <laughs> What have you got there? Batman Begins. One <laughs> second. Uh, d- 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing lasted
0: about ten minutes, and then yeah, we called the police. We shut down, and then we got a couple of days off work. But yeah, I just remember in that moment. That's why you know when Amy kisses the Doctor in that Series Five episode, I got it as soon as I saw that moment. I got what Moffat was going for. Just just that relief of being alive when your life has been threatened like
2: that just don't do it to Jenny Flint because you'll get smacked in the face oh yeah 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 yeah. well exactly Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to
1: orchestrate it so I'm working with Chris one day and that happens oh yeah one day day we're just doing a podcast and we're held at gunpoint and then yeah good (laughs) lord
2: sounds like a job for Chelsea
0: (laughs) (laughs) excellent all right let's let's move back on to the actual episode because I don't know how much of this I'm going to keep (laughs) in.
2: Um I say it's I just feel sorry for this episode. I think that's what it comes down to. You could you could see where they wanted to go but they couldn't do it. So it feels rushed. It feels unloved and you know it it's just there.
1: You could have a shift to it as well. So not all bad loss. <laughs>
0: it always makes me laugh that when they're hiding from her they hide behind a glass wall. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're not quite switching on this Torchwood team. (laughs) Cover your eyes, you won't see ya.
0: They get so much better for Series 2. Oh yeah. Yeah, Series 2 is my favourite series of
2: Torchwood.
1: Yeah. I can vouch
2: for that already. And I'm only only on like Episode 4 or something, but already it's so much better than Season 1.
1: Yeah.
2: And you know, I've noticed
0: something about Torchwood is whenever we see modern day Jack, he's only ever drinking water. He only ever drinks alcohol in flashbacks.
2: That's a good shout.
0: I've never spotted that before. That's true. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know. They never call attention to it. It's just this little character quirk that you notice. Huh. Hmm. But yeah, I'm glad they eventually dropped the Gwen and Owen storyline. Because yeah. I wasn't yeah.
1: necessarily a fan of that. Yeah. Especially given that, um, what's a fella's name? It shows how long I've been. What's <laughs> it, Um just, just makes Reese more awesome, really.
2: I love Reese.
1: Well, he was supposed to die.
0: He was supposed to die? Oh, was he? Yeah, at the end of Series 1, when Billis stabs him, he was meant to die. He wasn't meant to come back. But oh. everyone on the crew,
1: from the cast to the
0: like the makeup team, they all really liked Kai Owen.
1: I feel it would be very hard to kill Kai Owen's character off. I feel Kai, Kai Owen's yeah. got, from what I've heard from, his like, from those who actually met him and so on, he's a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> I I'd be scared to tell him that, you know?
0: Well, what I will say about Kai Owen is he's the first person I ever interviewed that's been on TV. Oh. I went in touch for his website and he was like, yep, I'm free on this date on this time and bang on four o'clock when he said he was going to call me, he called me. It wasn't like 401 or 402. It was like literally as soon
1: as the clock hit four, he phoned.
2: Mm, good lad. I think
1: he's good. From what I've heard, he's a really, really good guy. I just uh, find I, he's so Welsh and, uh, and <laughs> boisterous. that like, I'd be intimidated. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a nice guy, but
0: he doesn't fuck around yeah. either. Yeah, so. exactly.
1: Yeah. You're going to kill me <laughs> off, are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> God, I can't even do the accent right now. <laughs> and I think he's got really into his fitness now. So he's he's the huge guy now, like muscular. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> So, do you guys agree with me that
1: there is a good episode hidden in this somewhere?
2: Yeah, somewhere in there.
1: To be honest, this most—I think—I think almost everything that's bad, like, can be reworked into a good idea. Um, it's just, yeah, it's all about execution.
0: Yeah, there are Doctor Who stories that didn't work on TV but make really good target books.
2: True. Mm.
0: I, I'm reading the Eaters of Light, and it's so much better. Than what we got on TV. I think it's because you
1: got on TV, you're so restricted, aren't you? And you've only got, uh, and you've got so many conditions to stick with. Whereas actually unleashed on a on a book form or so on, you've got a full, you know, I, I feel like you only get like, a, I suppose, whatever, an episode's only about 45 minutes. You've only really got a piece of what they were trying to do. It feels really condensed.
0: And you can't go into the full backstory of every character that's there. No, no. All right, so guys, would you recommend Cyberwoman to people?
1: No, no, I still wouldn't. After all, even after our redeeming <laughs> comments, uh, <laughs> I, I, even after I, your vicious wank, to be, to be honest, I, I, <laughs> I, can't, I just can't fathom any other reason. Uh, you just, you just know that they had a, you know, they, there were some sick perverts working on that episode.
0: If I learned that this was Chris Chibnall's fifteen-year-old son. I'd written this and handed it in and was like, "Dad, can you put your name to this?"
1: I would believe. It. I don't know. I would yes, have thought that. if it was one of Stephen Moffat's ideas that he just didn't put the paper yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even the most with his repertoire of writing most things with a uh, with I, I guarantee the biggest hard on in uh, in writing history. He just and that's that's most of his era. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> So now we ask you, what episode gives you a major hard-on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tweet us. us
0: okay, have you both got anything you want to promote? Abby, I know you've got a lot of TT stuff coming out.
2: Main, we've mainly got short stories coming out in the next couple of weeks. Um, we've got a first week for Doctor One called What She Thought While Falling, which is written by Chris Chibnall. Um <laughs> And voiced by Moi, yeah. and then myself and my other half wrote a a short story called After Trenzalore, which is from Jenny Flint's POV about the whole being killed by the Whispermen and stuff. Yeah, that's us for the next two weeks, basically. Nice.
0: Excellent. You've told me some stuff you got coming on that sounds really interesting.
2: Yeah, most of that stuff's got out till November, though, so they'll have to wait oh, to okay. listen to that one. <laughs> the spoilers. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I've just launched a new podcast. It's called Bite Me, and it's about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And with my good friend, Joe Ford, who people might know from Hamster with a Blunt Pen Knife and Finish Big, we're looking back through every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
2: Good show. Good show. Yeah.
0: Okay. And on that note, good night.
2: Bye-bye.